Friday's episode of Daily DVR Presents House of the Dragon is brought to you by Cufflinks.com. Head on over to Cufflinks.com and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order, no minimum. Cufflinks.com has the greatest products for looking good. They have all the geeky stuff. Man, if you want like a Star Wars tie pin, you want some cufflinks that have the Captain America shield, Game of Thrones, all the sports teams, college sports teams, they have everything to add that little touch to make you look great. So look awesome when you step out the door tomorrow. Go to cufflinks.com, use code DVR20 today. Welcome back to Podcast Winterfell. My name is Axel. We're here to talk about House of the Dragon Season 1, Episode 3, second of his name. You can check us out at dvrpodcast.com. Become a patron at patreon.com slash dvr. Shout out to Monza, Ian, Jeff, Jesse, Aaron, Tay, Scott, Kellum, James, Bill Kava, Joe Bear, Pizza Eaters, Andy and Gina, Jenny, Brett, other people. I hope I didn't miss anybody. Uh, Derek, um, thanks for being a patron. We love you all. You can check out all the other shows we do. But today, it's House of the Dragon. I'm here with Gina and Andy, too. How you doing, Gina? Doing pretty well. Axel, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for the great notes. I had that in my notes, too, to say thank you for the notes, Gina. Um, and we have a guest today. It's Ando. What's happening, brother? Uh, nothing at all. I'm just excited to talk uh, Game of Thrones here on a nice little holiday. Nice. Yes. What a fun episode. I really enjoyed it. Now, before we get into things, I forgot to ask Jenny last week. Andy, are you a book reader? Are you a give us your GOT bona fides, a a soft bona fides? Definitely not not as bona fide as Jenny was because she she was pretty impressive. But I'm uh, I I've never podcasted about Game of Thrones, if you can believe it. You guys probably don't. I didn't start podcasting until right after Game of Thrones ended. I was I sent in feedback occasionally, but so I've never podcasted about it. Uh, I read the original the Song of Ice and Fire back when Game of Thrones was on the air, and I haven't went back to Game of Thrones or the book since. I have not read any of the stuff that House of the Dragon is based on. Okay, all right, cool. Just wanted to get that out of the way because I forgot to ask Jenny. We're going to have a guest for every episode, and I want to try to remember to ask in the beginning because Jenny had great knowledge, um, but Gina. There's some news from Prince uh, King Joffrey. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so the actor I read this morning as I was doing my notes, um, the actor who played Prince Joffrey, whose name is Jack Gleason, got married this weekend. Um, so I thought we'd give him a shout out. Oh. He looks so happy and smiling, which I don't know if we ever saw Joffrey smile other than when he was about to do something really horrible. Um, and <laughs> that was even like a half you know, slimy, smirky smile, but it was just really sweet to see he and his now wife smiling, happy, him, you know, looking like a normal dude and not a Lannister. Uh, so, um, yeah, 
I just thought I, I, we'd give that a throw out since it's world related. Well, King Joffrey, long may he reign. We dedicate this episode to him and his memory. <laughs> Even though we know he's still alive, that whole death thing was... Uh, he just did that because he had too many fans. He needed to kind of recoup and lead a more private life. <laughs> right. He's such a great guy. Um, all right, let's get to the episode. What an episode. Battle hunt battle that's basically how this episode went let's talk about just basically our opinions let's start with our guest andy andy what was your opinions and so far of this season too since this is the first time or any thoughts you have about this whole series since this is the first time you get to talk about it uh well i mean i'm definitely enjoying it i i wasn't super excited for it until maybe a week or two before and I didn't really watch a week or two before the premiere. I didn't really watch many of the previews. So I I think I had said on one of the Facebook things that I've uh, all I knew was Targaryens and blood and fire. And that's all I knew about this. So I'm enjoying it so far. I'm, I think a lot of it is it, it's not quite gelling as fast as Game of Thrones did in my memory. I'm still really enjoying it. And I'm giving it some time for setup because I remember being just confused as hell the first half of the first season of Game of Thrones. So I'm kind of just trying to soak everything in. I really enjoyed this episode a lot. I, I like the action. Um, like everybody else has been saying, I wish there was more humor. I hope that's coming because it, it, I mean, there needs to be, a, I think there needs to be a little more levity. I think it would really help the show a lot, but I'm still enjoying it a lot. I still like it. And I like this episode a lot. Cool. How about you, Gina? So I feel like that this is kind of the episode I'd been waiting for. Like this is the level of everything I expect to see every week from this, these folks, especially because they have to live up to game of Thrones. Right. Um, and I just thought last week was horrible. I was just like, gosh, if it keeps going this way, this is going to be a big stink bomb. Um, cause it was just <laughs> slow and boring and yeah, still lacking humor. Um, but I think this like is setting it in a much better direction. Like we were in desperate need of that, you know, kind of great battle scene. I mean, the first one was fine, but the second one was, you know, kind of yeah. reminiscent of like Jon Snow at the yeah. wall uh, with the Battle of the Wildlings and, you know, just taking on all these, you know, brutes. Um, that was good. And I, I'm kind of wondering, like, okay, so we know this is more based off a history type book. You know, it's not real history, but Targaryen history. But just because it's based on like a history, fake history, doesn't mean it can't be entertaining. And I do feel like a lot of the witty writing and just like sharp writing for dialogue is to still missing. Um in this show it, and I and I say this in the middle of doing a Game of Thrones series rewatch mm. it was it's just there's no comparison so far in terms of where the better writing is that's kind of um, what I was trying to say Gina you said it much more eloquently oh. than I did that's I completely agree with what you just said there well we're on we're on the same page something else and this is kind of I don't know, something I learned a few years ago at work because I'm in PR and we try and tell compelling stories to the media. And it was like the five pillars of like really great storytelling, you know, to have a great story is it needs to be about love or a quest or rags to riches, revenge or stranger in a strange land. 
And when you look back at Game of Thrones, it had every single one of those pillars. And right now I'd say, do we have any pillars really? Like there's no real quest. I mean, there's you could. I think they're setting up for Maybe. revenge, but we we don't. We're yeah. not there yet. Right. I think we're setting up for revenge. Right. We haven't really seen any love, real love, that I would call anything. That I would definitely not call so that far. love. <laughs> These guys aren't strangers in a strange land, and um, Corliss sounds like his family was rags to riches, but I don't think that was him in particular. That's just like his family story. But yeah, like it feels like right now the only thing we're going to really have is revenge. And so I'm wondering if they're going to maybe introduce some complexity to the story along the way. Because when you look at it in that framework, too, I was like, oh, it's, you know, we're kind of lacking on some other fronts, too. Not that I didn't like the episode. It was great. I'm just, you know, going to be kind of honest about my criticism between the two series. That's interesting. You know what, Gina, that, that is really an, int- uh, you came at that in an interesting way for me because one of the things that I liked about this episode and what I'm liking about this series is how they are progressing things so fast that a lot of the dialogue has direct consequences. So instead of having a scene where, you know, Tyrion's at the brothel and just kind of a fun scene it's like every scene is very purpose driven and I think that that has it provides like kind of a catch-22 where it propels the story and it's bringing me into the direct story who will succeed now we're three years ahead there's a new little baby boy oh no let's get to it and instead of us meandering about we get right into it right like <laughs> she's... kind of but there's just no real there's not the same level of character development I, and I this think is that what I'm was saying. yes yeah I'm, good. I'm agreeing with yeah. you in oh, okay it's so plot heavy that we're yeah. learning about you know, you say that you, they always say in writing and in film, you learn about characters through action and through their quests, right? What the things you described. So we are being kind of force fed their personalities through the prism of the direct drama that they're involved in instead of getting time to really get to know them and see them outside of that direct drama. And I I actually kind of like it, but I see your point. And I, yeah. I, I, I still I think that for me, they're pulling it off so well. And especially in this episode, I just loved the whole like that. It was so simple that it's like a battle. Then we have like a little party. Then we have the hunt. Then we have a battle and the and the direct things that happen. What was the whole hunt scene about? the succession Mm. again right Mm -hmm. and so it was very direct and then the battle is a direct consequence of this thing we have been talking about with the the crab feeder and how that blew up and we see it three years later so i think it's just i don't know i kind of i i enjoy the immediacy of this series andy and i after we're done chatting about this andy and i are going to talk a little lord of the rings 
um, which I don't think you did. You watch it at all, Gene? No, I'm not watching okay. it. I I don't think I'm going to for a while, probably okay. until after this. Yeah. Um. Well, without having any spoilers, that thing was definitely like let's throw twenty different stories, and we'll you know we're gonna get them together at the end, right? <laughs> and so this is starting in an exact opposite way. And I, by kind of with all the characters close together, making decisions that then kind of separate them and we see the battle or whatever. But um, I, I don't know. I, I love this episode. I thought that I this was the other, like, uh, beautiful. I think the other big difference I have so far, and I, I don't think this is bad yet because I don't, I don't, I mean, I shouldn't say bad yet. I don't think it's going to be bad. I think it's going to get better. But I think the other big difference is in the beginning of Game of Thrones, there was so many it seems like there was so many more characters that just jumped right out of the screen and yeah. like right away. I mean, you had Ned and you had Tyrion and Jamie and Cersei and all these people that were just fascinating. And I can't take my eyes off them in this one. Th- there isn't quite as many of those. I don't think besides Matt Smith, uh, Damon. Uh-huh. And um, I really did like the King. I mean, I, the King, I think is a complete asshole, but I thought he was great <laughs> in this episode and I like his daughter a lot. I'm, I still am struggling with the names a lot. So Renera. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm finally re- going to get it this time. <laughs> okay. I really, really loved her in this episode. Yeah. But besides those three, there's not really a lot of characters that are just like, oh my God, I cannot wait to see Tyrion the next time, or I can't wait to see Jamie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like, the, and I think the cast might grow into that, but, and some of that is probably the, the, not the sharp dialogue I isn't quite so. as sharp in some yeah. of that, but I'm definitely, like I said, like I said earlier, I'm still giving it the setup time because I know a world this massive, it just takes time to set it up. So I'm definitely giving it that. So. I think that is a little a small difference, at least so far. That's interesting. This is why we do the pod to hear different opinions. Because I, I'm just like, man, I don't know if I was tr- I was kind of struggling to have a, um, like a kind of a, any type of conflict with what was going on because I'm just been kind of swept away with this and and the acting in particular. But I think what you all are saying is true. And I think it's also we there's a in the same way that they are privileged to have, you know, a decade of production and writing and of game of a of Game of Thrones, right? To to kind of pull into this show and make it so immediately professional and awesome. Um, that also makes us kind of look back and and expect that immediately where like you're saying andy now that we know they have a second season which i think they pretty much figured they would but who knows maybe we'll kind of you know they have to grow as a production and the second season may seem more of an addition of more humor more of that kind of character building through not such direct drama and i think also the way that they're structuring this, because not to have any spoilers, but there is obviously we're going to go through time here. I think once we get through to a certain times, it's going to stay there longer and we can kind of get into it more, if that makes sense. Do you, hmm. th- do you agree with me on that, Gina, maybe? I mean, we'll we'll see. It depends on how much they kind of keep time jumping. Like, yeah. I feel at some point they need to slow down and like, let's just get into the weeds um, a little bit more because the time jump stuff is fine. But, you know, I don't want to be skipping ahead two years every episode. It's kind of like, what's the point? 
it's pretty quick. What now? I have a question for both of well, you. You know what? Oh, before, ahead, before you ask that, I was going to ask you, and I, sure. if this is too much of a spoiler, I don't want you guys to say it. But like, how do you remember roughly? Like when? When is this series, or when is the, when? When was this book? Like when does this history go till? Like they say at the beginning, it starts at 170 years before Daenerys. It doesn't cover that whole seven 170 years, does it? No, I don't no. think so. No, the, I, but there. Yeah, I don't know. I hasten to say, and there's okay. Some, if, if, that's know, too, if that's too yeah. much of a question, then don't answer it. I because don't, because there is a hundred years of the history. Like they skipped the first hundred years of the Targaryens and chose to start the story here. Okay, so the book, star- the book starts at the beginning of the dynasty. Then yes, yes. Okay, you Before probably said that in one of the early podcasts, but there's so much information coming at me, I can't remember what what's all been and said. And this so. story takes place over a period of time. I think I'm at least hesitant to say because there is casting stuff. I mean, if you look, you can find out. Yeah, I know. I know some of that yeah, stuff, but I, so like, I, I just think it's you know the way I always feel is it's better to let the storytellers tell that part of the story because mm-hmm. it could be a real fun thing for someone when something happens like that. And yeah, just like in the beginning of this episode, the question I was going to ask you was, do you? My interpretation was that the first battle we see when Damon fight goes over and fights the crab feeder took place right after the end of the last episode. And then after that battle, we jump forward three years. Did you all think the same thing? That was how I took it. Okay. Gina? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's a little wishy-washy. Okay. It doesn't really matter that much, honestly. No, it doesn't because does they're clearly but, fighting them for like yeah. almost three years. It's an example of what they did How every many time. Battles, yeah. yeah, right. Like <laughs> yeah. they said it later that they keep on attacking with the dragons. They shoot some arrows. They flee into the mountain, and they're just unable to bring them out, or they don't want to go in and get massacred by. Right. So yeah, that was just an example that first battle of what was happening and why. It was significant of how Damon acted at the end battle and how he kind of put himself up as the sacrifice, right, to draw them out. So, um, But I thought it was interesting the way they did that, though. It just made me think that they originally want to put that battle at the end of the last episode. And then mm-hmm. I just start thinking of editing wise and then start this episode right at the feast. Then you see the kit you see the new prince and and she's well, pregnant and all that i think this and episode two were both the same director weren't they mm, i th- i'm thinking and that at some point that may have been how this was edited I, not that it i matters, think if but... i remember on game of thrones when they would do back-to-backs i think a lot of times they would just shoot them both together because yeah. they had the same yeah. director and crew so Definitely. maybe that was an, ed- an editing choice after the season was finished yeah Oh, I just thought it was interesting because I, I kind of appreciated that. I thought it was kind of fun um, that they did stuff like that. But uh, I don't know. Um, what do you, what do you, uh, Gina, what do you want to talk about? Um, I mean, I, um, I mean, there's so much to talk about, but I think um, let's start talking about King Viserys a little bit. I mean, I think this guy is a sorry excuse for a king. Like Damon was right. He's weak. You know, he's kind of like a Robert, a king who never really wanted to be a king. Um, I had Theon Greyjoy flashbacks of killing Sir Roderick when he was trying to kill the stag that like 
was basically today's version of a big game hunt in Africa where everyone else goes out and tracks the animal and then yeah. the rich SOB comes in and, yep. you know, kills it for fun at the end. Um, but um, even uh, Gina, even down to the fact that those dudes who do that are always brandishing this big ass gun like it's their, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and he was given that Lannister lance. Yeah. To do it. So it's the same thing. It's like, use this dumb big thing that you're never going to use again and don't even know how to use yeah. it. <laughs> like, I felt like his own, his one redeeming scene or s- statement in this whole episode was when he laughed in the face of Otto T- Hightower after Otto proposes that he marries um, Rhaenyra to her now two-year-old half-brother. I was just like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, man, I was so excited. I was like, we finally got some incest mention here. <laughs> you know, I mean, geez, this is what we've been waiting for. It's the Targaryens. You think you got to wait to episode three to have incest mentioned. And the funniest part about that is he objected not to the incest, but just to his age. (laughs) Oh, man. He didn't say that's her brother. He was like, he's just born. He's only two. (laughs) Maybe if he was seven. I really get one of you you two said it on one of the, I think it might have been last week's or the week before where. It sure does seem like the his wife that died was probably the one actually holding the country together yeah, or holding yeah. the place together. And he's a complete he he doesn't I mean, he says one thing and does another all the time. And it's just I I can see why she was mad and why she was I, I'm pretty sure pretty sure she was picturing him when she was killing that hog. She was oh. so pissed <laughs> off. I also thought that was interesting how he couldn't finish the hunt. And she did. I thought that yes. was a neat. I like I liked how that was all. I'm not. Not uh, not eloquent enough to explain that symbolism, but I thought that was very, very cool. Well, oh, I, oh go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say also, I think she was also just like taking out a lot of frustration on that boar at the end when <laughs> yeah, it like sure. was yeah. still alive. She's just like, you know, we haven't seen anything that um, stabby since like Arya yes. um, <laughs> went all ape on uh, Sir Mirren Trant in the brothel. <laughs> mm, yeah, that's true. Um, so it was pretty aggressive. But no, I think there is a lot of symbolism there for sure, Andy. And then I think when the white stag also, the white heart appears to her when she's like overlooking that valley um that that's also a sign like that's that stag in a way sought out the true queen mm-hmm. yep yeah, so, yeah. definitely yeah. yeah and there's definitely i think the her killing the boar too to me symbolizes like robert who we saw get killed by the boar right mm-hmm. like that she has the strength that other kings do not And she can conquer that boar, but also I think in a sense that boar represents all of those men, right? And and the fact that it hits a dude first, right? It takes down the Kingsguard and she takes it out. And I think this, I was trying to read a couple different articles about that white heart stag and how, you know, Viserys killing the kind of fake stag represents his inadequacies, like you were talking mm-hmm. about, Gina, that he can't even do what even he can't even get people to do for him what he can't do. Right. Like he's that inadequate. Um, and of course, exactly. You eloquently said it, that her seeing the real white heart symbolizes and especially in this world of magic that it came to her that she mm-hmm. should be the queen. 
Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think that was really awesome. That, I love that stuff. That's so, I love that kind of, you know, old, oldie type storytelling with these kind of uh, spirit animals and stuff. I thought that was really awesome. Yeah. I thought this was a absolutely fantastic acting episode uh, for Patty Constantine, if I can pronounce it right. Constantine, I thought he was fantastic when he just kept on drinking and drinking. I was, it was making me really nervous, you know, like I was like, what is he going to do? Because in, in a couple of short episodes, I do feel the most character development with him, right? I feel he's, he's done a really good job and the scenes he's had with so many different people has allowed us to see that he really, he has a good heart. He can't act. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's right. a very like a Shakespearean kind of tragedy type, uh, character. I don't want to say hero. Yeah. Character. Um, does he really have a good heart though? Have we really seen him do anything? That's really that he says all the right things, but he doesn't act on the right things that, well, that's a great point, Andy. And I think that you can have a good heart and not follow through. Oh, that's, yeah. a, that's a good yeah. point. He you know? seems very easily manipulated yeah, as well. Agreed. Like I'm not, agreed. I'm not really sure what Alison's agenda oh, is. Me too. Um, yeah. I'm not convinced she's that smart. I'm wondering if she's like, you know, the slow learner character, like Jamie Davos and Sansa were in that camp where later they admitted, I'm a slow learner, but I do learn. Like she's trying to pull strings that aren't necessarily her father's. I don't know if it's just to see if the king will listen to her, but it's really hard to tell what her true motivations uh, are right now. For some now. reason, I get from her, I get like she is smart and she knows what she's doing. And I get... I guess for, for her and Otto, they just completely give me Tywin and Cersei vibes completely with the, the way they try to manipulate people. And that's, but I mean, that's just, I don't know. That's well, the manipulation, but I, I just don't feel like she has a clear goal. Me too. I, 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 you know what, Gina, I really, Andy, I, I'm, I'm kind of sitting in the middle of both of you and, and not really taking a side at this point with her because what we've seen so far, she's now a bit older, right? So this is three years down the line. She had a kid. She's having another one. She's been the queen for a while. But I still find that in the scene she has, she's trying to make things right with Rhaenyra, right? She says it doesn't have to be this way. And though she does seem to be starting a conversation about succession, with her dad, she ends up kind of standing up a bit for her, but really helping him with something else, right? Mm. Instead of forcing that down his throat, right? Instead of not listening to him and saying, no, daddy sent me to do this. So I have no, Otto is definitely a little fingerish type character, right? I have no doubts about that, but her, I think she falls in the gray for me at this point. Cause I think this and I still do feel like they have a good relationship from what we've seen on screen. Like they listen to each other. They he seem to care. You know, that scene by the fire is Oh, great. the king and the queen? Yeah, um, the king and the queen, yeah. I don't know. I find her to be, and the actress, she's fantastic. She's doing a great yeah, job. 
I'm very interested to see the rest of her. I I, yeah. I do like her as well. It's she, I'm I have I could definitely see it going either way. I'm definitely not saying oh for 100 percent sure she has a master plan or something, but maybe that's just my mind. I always think there's some weird master plan going on in the background of every show I watch. So well, I do feel <laughs> out there there's memes and such, and the internet is trying to like say like Renera Daenerys, um, uh, uh, what's her name, Allison. Cersei right like kind of I see people and people making different comparisons to different characters but I think these characters are do are a little bit even more gray than some of the uh Game of Thrones characters and also they're like these highborn motherfuckers you know what I'm saying like <laughs> you know we're, we're not seeing a lot of lowborn people like we saw in Game of Thrones I really hope that 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 they do go more gray, and they're not. It's not yeah. a carbon copy of Cersei or Tywin or I Littlefinger. I I, I would love to have that happen. I would. I, I hope that happens. And like you said, Andy, in the end, we're all and what this whole episode leads up to is right. Like everybody telling him, "Marry your daughter and make your son the king." And he's getting how many? Who who do we have? Jason Lannister, her brother, and and also the other dude suggests that I have it written down, Sir Leonor, right? A f- yeah, Leonor. Leonor, which is the queen that was not the queen's and the sea snake's son, right? Oh, yeah. This, yep, the, so right. he's being kind of, you know told what to do and in the end the and in the end he kind of tells her to choose who she wants you know what i'm saying so that's kind mm-hmm. of a nice that, that was a nice i thought that was a, a a touch but in the end it comes down to the actual actions it's building up to the succession thing right he stands by it and says he's in the end i'm not going to supplant you uh is it no? It's supplant, not surplant. Sorry about that, folks. Right, Gina? Is it supplant? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but um, we won't know until it actually happens, right? Because he's good. You're like you said, Andy uh, Viserys. He's good at saying things, but what does he actually do? Yeah, I mean, like w- with him still saying that she's she's gonna be the taking over and all this and why was she serving coffee last episode and if she, if she was actually being next in line I, I mean if i was in that position i would be grooming that person not having her get my get my food for the meeting yeah and if he calls himself a dreamer because there's that cool speech like we're at the fire where he says targaryens are summer dragon riders and summer dreamers and he sees himself as a dreamer it seems right doesn't he see that his daughter is a dragon rider? Like, let her be her, you know? So I think, again, he seems to have a good heart, but in the end, he doesn't He doesn't make the decision. I, I want to ask you two a question. Who, yeah. do, of the three, or your own pick, who should Renera, if anyone, if she even should get married, who should she marry? Aegon, Sir Lannister, uh, Sir uh, Jason Lannister, I should say, Sir Lanor, <laughs> or also we can also say what's his name, Colin, uh, Sir Colin Hot Guy, Kristen Cole, Sir Kristen, Kristen Cole. Cole. Yeah. I'm well, sorry. I don't he's say he's Colin. a he's a, he's a 
Sir Crispy. You know, he's a Kingsguard, so he's technically off limits. I for know, marriage. but you know how they like to get down. Oh, in the, I mean, in the they'll castle? definitely. I think they'll definitely have some kind of encounter. It's sexual encounter at some point. Like, I hope so. He's too hot to like yeah. not <laughs> have a sex that's, scene. That's on, what I'm calling it from now on, Sir Crispy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what uh that's what damon called him crispin <laughs> it's like is this dragon foreshadowing is he gonna get burnt oh, man. um <laughs> but um i mean I, I you have this question in here and then i looked at it and i'm like could this be a fuck mary kill and i'm like Ooh, <laughs> oh, i don't know only two um, be careful Gina. <laughs> um well i mean he, and he's two it's not like you're gonna kill him um that'd be pretty horrible oh, although the not, other two choices like, aren't good either not like below Cersei Lannister. I would say um from a hot factor I'd totally go with Sir Leonor for sure. Okay. Yeah. But what do you think but I mean for the story wise do you agree with anyone here or what's your feeling on it? I mean Lannisters are uh, have always been trying to get to the throne so I thought it was really funny that he was a Lannister was like thrown in her face for marriage. Um, I mean, I think out of these three, her cousin, Leonor, is the better choice for sure. Like the brother's just ridiculous because if he's expected to produce heirs, what are we going to do? Be waiting like another 10 years before, you know, they get it on so they could try and make babies if they got married. That just seems like a huge waste of time um of her reproductive years if that's what she wants um i don't know and i think the lannisters are always a bad idea unless it's Tyrion. so <laughs> anyway andy what's your what, what's your thoughts on this uh, of those three i don't think she i don't think she should marry right now i mean she, she obviously is not focused on that kind of a thing and she doesn't even seem to be even though she obviously wants to be the heir, she doesn't seem to be that politically motivated. So it's a weird, I don't know. I mean, if she has to pick one of those, I would say, I would say Leanna or however you say his name. Yeah. And Andy, I agree with you. She like, she doesn't want to be, I don't want to call her disinherited, but she doesn't want to be removed from the line of succession to become queen. But at the same time, she doesn't seem like she's, doing enough to kind of carve out a name for herself mm. either. Maybe that's going to change, yeah. but she just doesn't seem that excited about anything. And maybe that's what her friend, her best friend marrying her dad puts a damper on her motivation to be, you know, to like get excited about being queen. But, um, it, but then I think she also said, Oh, he just made me his heir because he was frustrated with Damon. Um, which is, I think, also partially correct mm-hmm. as well. So I think she kind of, I don't think she can be confident in being queen until she gets over the fact that she, you know, maybe that she feels she really deserves it. And maybe seeing that white heart is assigned to her that she does deserve it. Well, and maybe that is the case. I mean, because I just, I never get the impression that it's like, it's more important to her to to be asked that she doesn't necessarily want to do it. It's like one of those person that gets mad mm. if you don't invite them to the party and they don't come anyways, but they just wanted to be asked. It, <laughs> yeah. it's, it, it gives me that feeling. Maybe the stag thing will change then she'll, because she could be doing a lot more political things to try and gain support mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really, 
She's just basically like, ah, screw everybody else. I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. That she could have jive with. She could have been socializing with all the ladies and the queen. And, you know, she could have been influencing people in her own way, but she was just so soured off the whole thing. She's like, screw this. I'm getting on my horse and getting out of, that, out of Dodge. It's a great, uh, you, you all make a great point. That, that's a great point. I agree. I hadn't really thought of that. And and there was something that was kind of missing with her character for me, because in the same way, she's kind of like her dad, right? She wants to kind of whine and complain and be like, I'm, I'm the uh, daddy. Instead, there's a little of my accent that I was doing pre-podcast. <laughs> um, and then... Luckily, the listeners were spared for most of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great accent. Um, but she, you're right. We did see her go and get the egg. Right. And yeah. that mm-hmm. to me was a little bit, okay, are we going to get, is this foreshadowing? We're going to get more of this where she says, let's do this. But when we come back in these three intervening years, she hasn't raised an army to go throw her uncle out of what should be her home or, or you know what I'm saying? Or done a, any of this other stuff, right? She's just kind of moping about. And I think that's a really good point. And maybe, maybe there will be a kind of moment where she comes to and says, Hey, I'm kind of acting like my dad here. I'm complaining about stuff. I feel they both feel trapped, right? Like he's trapped by his own decisions. He made her his successor, but he really did it because he said he wanted to protect the realm from his brother. But then he has this dream that his son will be king so he doesn't know what he's that's why he's drinking so much right he's all confused and he's not doing anything about it and she's doing the same kind of thing she's not really doing anything about it even the boar happens upon her she doesn't go hunting it right so it's Mm -hmm. kind of like it'd be interesting maybe next episode we'll see her kind of get off her keister and be like hey if I want to be queen, I got to take this shit. Similar to at the end of the last episode when the sea snake said to Damon, we we don't have things given. We have to earn them, right? Or we have mm. to work for them. And uh, by the way, the name of this episode is um, the, what? the sec- Is it the second sons? or No, the second, second of, his, second of his, name. his name. And yep. then last episode, he said, we're the second sons. Does this guy go on to like found the second sons or something like that? Is that some kind of history that we don't know about? I don't know. I don't know. Is there maybe there's some um, kind of connection there, but we did have that not, in Game of yeah. Thrones, right? Yeah, it was one of the um sword companies. That's where what's his name oh, came from? Right. Uh Dario. Dario Naharis, yeah. Yep. Re- I still even though I love that actor, Michael Houseman. I still think the original Dario was better. Yeah. Just had more I mean, we only got to see him in a couple air episodes. Yeah. I liked him. Um, but anyway, I like what you're saying about Renera. Really, she should kind of like, hopefully she kind of picks it up and starts doing for herself. Um, uh what uh, oh let's see we go oh, we've talked about a lot of stuff let me see what else uh gina what did you think about the um as far as for the history and lore 
book stuff. What did you think about his kind of that fireside speech about Targaryens being dragon riders? They're really pushing this dreamers thing, aren't they? Um, are you talking about the fireside speech with the, the king? king and the queen? Yeah. Talking about his dreams. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think he wants to, I mean, sometimes, <laughs> what was it? Um, it was, I think the first season of Game of Thrones, Bran's like, but you know, I dreamed father died and so did Rickon. He goes, but and, and the maester said, but does every dream you have come true? No. Um, <laughs> and so I think, you know, I don't know. There, the whole like lore with the dreams and everything is really interesting. You know, the dragon dreams, because we know Daenerys had them, that if she put the eggs in the fire, they, they would turn into dragons. In the books, there's actually, and we'll see if anything comes of this, but there's actually speculation that Tyrion was was part Targaryen because yes. he would have dragon uh, dreams. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. They kind of mentioned that a little bit in the show when they talked about his mom getting it on with the uh yeah. with the king yes um well i i don't think it was uh, yeah. consensual yeah. i think the king took his liberties um his king's right or whatever that screwed up tradition is but um Viserys, when he was talking about the dream, he said he used to have it and it was very clear. And then it made it sound like he never had the dream again after Emma died. Mm. Um, and he was so obsessed with that dream. That's basically what called caused her death because he he was he was like, obsessed you know, it's going to be. Yeah. Like yep. And then for a while he he and then he stopped having the dream um, before he married Allison. So. I don't know if if uh, Viserys is that much of a dream lord or not, or if this is he's clinging to something that really makes him Targaryen. Like he wasn't chosen by a dragon to ride, really. He rode one of the old ones, but he's never had a dragon that's his own kind of, you know, since birth, the way I think some of these other Targaryens have. And, you know, maybe he just clings to this dream thing because he doesn't really... You know, I mean, he is kind of weak and maybe he doesn't he, have anything else that's always holding on to. Yeah, he looked pretty surprised when he was appointed heir in, in that very first scene. Yeah, um, you know, so um, I think he's just yeah, I think he's he's clinging. He's he's hanging on to threads of things that do, make him feel better about his position. Do you think that when he said that? Because yeah, that was that point where he said, I had that dream, it was so clear, and I've been trying to recapture it, or right, in some way. Yeah. But, but his wife died. Was that his way of saying to Alicent, if I had had a son with my first wife, yeah, I would have named him king, but I'm not having this dream with our new son, so that's why I'm not naming him. Do you, is that, was that his kind of way of explaining that to her in some way, or am I it, getting it, that mixed up? It kind of felt like that because, you know, he's like the, the king came out wearing the conqueror's crown. Mm. And so I imagine he saw who the, the, the baby was coming out of. I don't know. 
you know, and I think if it had been anyone else other than Emma, he okay, would have taken oh, a second life. So yeah, I don't know. A, he, I really find him to be a complicated dude. Um, I'm really loving trying to figure out what, where he's really coming from. He's just so, he's so fucking sad. I think, what did you have in your notes that she's doing her, uh, you call, you, Al, you said Renera's Alanis Morissette. <laughs> it's, um, Renera, I like that she's entering her Alanis Morissette jagged little pill yeah. years. That's what and I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, he's like, I know, he's like, he's like the Kurt Cobain king or something where he's just like all sad all the time. He's like, fuck it. Um, yeah, man, that's great. Um, did you have anything else you want to say about this? Oh, oh. The f- he it looks like he lost those fingers like another finger came off too right oh gosh i my, my I, wife I wasn't really that. paying attention to yeah. his digits yep he had <sighs> two fingers look like they were the ones that he were they were putting in the maggots yeah the maggot ones yeah it looked like they were it looked like another one was gone too oh gosh so Oof. that that continues that kind of like his body like this his body falling apart like that that's kind of nasty. Um, did you have, did you have anything you wanted to bring up, uh, Andy? Anything else? Um, just about that part, about uh, the Sarah stuff. Or, anything. Um, you know, we mentioned it a little bit, and that part of this, I liked what you guys did last week with the Kim's Corner thing, where you did some remedial stuff. Because there's a few things I forget from time to time. Have we been told how many dragons are currently around? We haven't. No, I don't think. Nope. And we saw a third one this yeah. time, which was exciting. Um, yeah. And I mean, I think that's also a big plug for uh, Leonor marrying Renera is yeah. he's a dragon rider, <laughs> which, you know. Um, I wish they would have shown a little better close up because for like the whole time I was like, who the fuck's riding that dragon? And I, I yeah. guess I, it took me a while to first I thought it was his mom her the queen that wasn't. I thought it was right. her at first because I think it was mentioned that she had a dragon, right? Well, maybe there are four dragons. Okay. I thought it was We've mentioned. We've only seen three, okay. so yeah. I thought in the so, first episode they mentioned that she was a dragon rider, but maybe I'm wrong. That's part, I couldn't I couldn't quite remember, and I was I just was trying to get my bearings a little bit because it's not real. So if it's not, they haven't really told us yet or hasn't no. been clear, that's okay. That's So there yeah. could be some crazy scene where we see a whole bunch of them come in at some point. Yeah. We don't know how many exist in the world that like there's okay uh, right? yeah. in this in this world, at least. I don't know about the books or whatever. I think yeah. even in the books at time, I, if I remember from Fire and Blood, that there is a point where they kind of talk about the dragons and they talk about like at certain times they knew where certain dragons were. Or they thought one was dead and then it would turn up. Or one would yeah. be, have a rider and then go away and come back years later. So I think they kind of do their own thing. You know, they're they're magical and mystical. Yeah. And there, there was. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Gina. Oh, I was just going to say at, at some point in the books, I feel like they said at one point that they had 22 like active dragons at the same time. I don't know when that time is, okay. but I guess our, our dragon count that we know of right now is four because it's the three we've seen and the fourth that they talked about nesting somewhere yes. on the, yeah, across the were, shore of the narrow sea. They were looking for, yeah. Yeah. The uh, part of why I was thinking about it too is um, my wife's cousin is a huge Game of Thrones fan and I was texting with her last night a little bit and she had a good question and you guys maybe have t- talked about this before and I was able to find the answer just by 
looking around last night and she was like, why do the dragons look so different than they did in game of Thrones? And I, I found this interview with uh, Ryan Condal, the director or the showrunner and said that they look different because the ones in game of Thrones were brought back by magic. And these ones were actually have actually like been the, the normal um, evolution of a dragon. These ones are much, much older than the ones in game of Thrones, which I thought was an interesting. So then that way oh. they should be much more intelligent as well. Oh, okay. I didn't know interesting. that. That's interesting. I, I couldn't remember if you guys had talked about that or not, but I thought no. that's kind of cool. Because like she was like getting upset. She's like, why do they look so different? These aren't the dragons I loved in Game of Thrones. And so I looked it up and I was like, huh, that's kind of a cool. I kind of, yeah. I mean, I didn't know about the brought back by magic part. I kind of just surmised. Well, and that... that's that's what the showrunner said. So okay. that's, that's okay. what Connell yeah. said in an interview just yeah. in the last week or two. So. I kind of surmised well. about half of that, which was that we're seeing the Alinea, like because they mentioned that other dragon, right? And they mentioned that Viserys once rode the biggest dragon, like you said, Gina, mm -hmm. that we're seeing kind of like more historical dragons, like the bloodline has grown, right? So, but the fact that they would be more intelligent and such, I would only surmise that Danny's dragons acted the way they did because for most of Game of Thrones, she didn't know what the fuck she was doing, right? She didn't have and anyone to help were, her. I mean, you they weren't very I mean? old. Like, we saw their yeah. we saw their entire life cycle, so yeah. they weren't very old. And she didn't have she didn't have um the dragon keepers and the lore and the books and the maesters to help her at all, right? Mm -hmm. So they yeah. were kind of more feral. Where these yes. <laughs> are these are like bred dragons. Well, I don't know. Like, They're not bred because I don't think dragons are either male or female. Like I think they're one of those creatures that can, but they think they reproduce. like, yeah, and they all produce eggs. Um, I, I don't think it's necessarily, I, I don't know that they actually okay. mate, but They're I was thinking, I was thinking they look different in Game of Thrones also because those are free range dragons, you know, mm. because the yeah. dragons we're seeing now are, are kept and raised in the dragon mm. pit and yep. they don't kind of, you know, get out unless they're, they're taken out. Danny had a free range organic <laughs> yeah. cage free dragons. Magic cage free. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, free, free range dragons. Um, and honestly, <laughs> seeing all these dragons again and like, you know, oh, there are eggs here. Where's this one nesting? I know it's probably a ways off, but the whole uh, Jon Snow spinoff. Um, it mm. makes me wonder if we are going to see um, Danny's dragon again oh, and course. if it will produce eggs yep. as well. And there will still yes, be more yes. dragons. So anyway, I've just been thinking I've been thinking a lot about dragon, not necessarily mm. reproduction, but, yeah, <laughs> you know, carrying on dragons. Well, in I the am world. glad we're talking about it because I wanted to say. I love the design, especially Damon's dragon, the way it looks more like kind of almost like a salamander or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Like it has that big, long neck, which frankly does resemble a penis. I'm just going to say it, okay? <laughs> Everybody's thinking it, so I'm going to say it. We, I do call it the penis dragon in my notes, but... It is amazing, like the way its legs, even the way it moves different. I just, I, I really, I really, I, I really like you know, it. Some of what you said here, I found the exact quote, and it said, uh, "This is from Ryan Condal." It said, "These dragons grow like a real dragon would." Condal told TV Line in an interview, noting how Danny's dragons were born of magic, so they matured very quickly. So I think it is a combination of yeah, being caged up and then 
being able to live out in the wild and the magic thing. And it's interesting, I think. Cool. Yeah, that is cool. Well, let's talk about that last battle. And do you, ha- do you all have anything? I mean, w- it looked amazing. And the first one, too, looked both of the battles were super cool. Damon was badass. Um, yeah. I just, yep. I, you're like you said, Gina, it reminded me of like a little bit of the zigzag arrows. He was not, he was kind of zigzagging a little bit, but just really <laughs> running straight ahead. I thought um, that was like a direct reference to Rickon getting his ass yeah. kicked by him and not, not turning. <laughs> and and uh, Damon is uh-huh. like, nope, that's not going to bother me. He Obviously, Rickon should have been reading about the history of Damon. Yeah, it was great. It was gr- I thought the whole thing was all. And what I thought was really cool, too, a little bit of a production touch about how he the way they set up was so cool, the way they're arguing the the brothers are arguing right to see snake and his brother and then his brother gets real loud and then um the the son whose name um lanor kind of stands up for damon right kind mm-hmm. of giving us a little foreshadowing that he's a dragon rider too because he's like saying we're in this battle we're in this shape because of damon then you get the letter from the king. He kicks the shit out of the guy. Then he starts rowing the boat like Gendry going out, right? Yes. And then, I was like the original uh, rower of broats yes. into uncertainty. <laughs> but I thought it was so cool that they then have this Saris voiceover read the letter, right? Yeah. While he's, I just thought that was such a great, that's what I'm saying about this show is, I I know this isn't really the writing and all that, but I just so appreciate how professional it's it's it reminds me of like watching better call Saul or something where it's just such a great production that every choice they make just seamlessly works and that's kind of a big choice to be sitting there and saying hey let's while he's rowing let's have him read the letter it just worked so well for me and it was so powerful that in his triumphant moment we could almost you almost see like it's in his they're in each other's heads you know what I mean like even so far away, three years later, his br- the king, his brother, is thinking about him and how I, you know, and all the shit that he caused. And meanwhile, the same thing is happening here, that he's in his head. I just thought it was really beautiful the way they laid that out. And the fighting was awesome. I don't know if you all have anything to say about the action. The fighting was great. At one point when the dragons were coming in and Damon was under like that little wooden, I don't know, like a pallet kind of thing. I was like, are we going (laughs) to see him pull a Daenerys? Like, was he going to get flamed up and then just like come walking out like a badass? That would have have made it for me. I mean, it was still really, really good. But for a minute, I'm like, oh, my God, are we going to see Damon the unburnt for a minute? I was I was hoping for it. And I hadn't it didn't even happen. thought about that. That would have been I amazing. Was, it, it was it would have been an opportunity to kind of just like, you know, let it rip on, on Gina, that idea. That makes sense too, because it's like, why would he sacrifice himself? Because he can send himself into a field of people and have the dragon just burn everything and he'll survive. Like Maybe. I that's a cool yeah. thought that you man, yeah, they need Gina in the writer's room. I would have been <laughs> that would have been badass, but it was still pretty badass yes, how he comes out with like half the do half the crab feeder's torso, like just yeah. split, oh my so god. I've, I've got a question about that. Does does Damon have grayscale now? I don't think he can. 
Can, that's what I mean. Can they or not? Because, I mean, we see him go into the cave. We see him pull him out. And do people even know what grayscale is in this time frame? I don't, that's something I'm just not clear about. Like, do they know it's something they have to watch out for? I don't know much about the origins of it or anything. Um, I don't remember. I don't know. I, the way they mentioned it in Game of Thrones, and if my memory serves me right, it is a long standing thing and it may be, but this is, I, I think they, I think it was around and he does seem to have it. But my thought was that cause he's a Targaryen or something, maybe he can't get, he's I don't got know. Dragon enhanced. Yeah. Skin or that's what I yeah. kind of, maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't know. I don't know. That was just the first thought I had is like, oh crap, does he have. Could he have grayscale now? That's an interesting I mean, point, they, Andy. They made a point to show that grayscale over and over yeah, and over really, again. You're right about that. They did. That was great makeup in that guy. Mm, I wanted yeah. him to live longer, the the crab feeder. You know? <laughs> I was surprised he went out. I thought that was going to be a much longer. Yeah. I was kind of shocked he was going out. Yeah, I thought it was going to be. I thought he was like one of the big bads of the season, but that obviously did not turn out to be so. But that makes it that much cooler too. Like at first yeah. I was disappointed. Then they're like, all oh, right. I love it when you just kill a motherfucker like that. And quick, just all that know? stuff with the crabs crawling over the bodies. Oh. oh my God, that creepy in the best way. Mm. And then how about That's in the, in the first uh, battle when the guy's like, save me my kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <get> Squash. <laughs> Yeah, that was really hilarious. Yeah, the battle, just the way they shot it, and and they did the whole thing again. Knock loose, right? No, I love. Oh man, that was so. And I kind of dug the way we didn't see the final battle, like we didn't see him kill the crab feeder. I yep. always like that when when that happens in a TV or film. I think that that is because it's. You know, it's kind of like sex scenes in a way. Like, leave it to the imagination. Yeah, exactly. Leave it to the imagination. Let us let have it be less about the inherent violence of it and more about what the you know his valor at that point or what it what it shows to our characters and our story. You know, because we definitely got enough of the fighting. Um, let me ask. Did you all immediately figure out that that, because we said it before, but I didn't ask your opinion. Did you immediately figure out that that was Lion, Lion I'm going to call him Lion-O from now on. Um, what's his name? Lionel? Leonor. Leonor. Leon, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to. Leonor. I'll get it now. I'll say it right. I won't call him lion -O. You guys will have it down by the end of the season. I'm no, I am <laughs> going to call him lion -O. I think I'm calling him lion -O. Um, Did you know immediately that was him or how, how long did it take you to figure out who was riding that dragon oh that he when he was well because we had that little scene before when they're sitting around arguing and he says uncle what have you been doing yeah. and the you know uh Coralie's, we know it's his brother so i just figured i'd only seen Coralie's having one son and one daughter so okay um, yeah how about you andy did you figure out it was him um, hold on just one second. Oh, um, okay. What can you repeat the question? I had a visitor quick and that's okay. In the office. Did you, yes. did you, when did you figure out that that was Leonor, that that was a sea snake's son riding the dragon? Uh, it took me a while. Okay. I didn't definitely didn't pick up on it right away. I'm trying to figure out whether they did that on purpose, like whether we're going to have like a, like a kind of presentation with him and then it'll play into the marriage thing or I just, because I just thought it was interesting the way they, they didn't go out of their way. Sometimes they go out of their way to show us stuff Yep. and they don't felt like they went out of their way to show us, Oh, this is his dragon. He's riding a dragon. Right. Well, and 
some of that, some of this kind of stuff too. I'm, I keep trying to remind myself that I'm not in Westworld anymore, so I don't have to. <laughs> I don't. I don't need to overthink. I think I, what I said after that first episode of this, I'm like, it felt good to not have to think you need to overanalyze every yeah, frame. So that's true. That's true. Um, uh, okay, I had a, I had a couple quick points, and then we can go around. Uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to Lady Redwine and Lady Kira. Um, because I really want to see them in the real housewives of Westeros. I thought the way that they were just dishing like that was awesome. And I thought that scene was very cool. That was one of the scenes I like we're talking about. I think we need more of that, right? When people are kind of like talking about things like that, I think having a little fun with it as well. Um, and oh, the other thing I wanted to ask, uh, oh no, two other things is, you had it in the notes, Gina, that the guy playing the uh, the little ukulele or whatever that thing is called um, is they called she called him Samwell, right? Yeah, the queen did. Okay, yep. but yeah. I thought I was for when I first saw him, I was like, oh my god, is this mushroom? <laughs> I got so excited. Uh, but I mean, yeah. but I don't think it's mushroom though. They should have. You, know, you guys have been building up this mushroom character so long. If he doesn't show up, I'm going to be disappointed. So. I they, we are too. We, I am going to be disappointed. I really I feel, want mushroom. To I show feel up. like he's the Tyrion Lannister of this era, yeah, which yeah. is why I think we want to see him so bad. Yeah. Well, and they need they need us they need that kind of character in in this yeah. episode. That I think it would help round out the yeah, cast really well. I agree. So that was one thing. And the other person I wanted to point out was Laris Strong, youngest son of the Master of Law Laws, Lord Lionel's son. Uh, Lord Lionel, his son. He was the guy with the cane and the bad foot, right? Yeah, I was, I was going to ask about him, too. We keep on seeing him. He sits down with them. They show him twice in close-up or two-shot for what reason. Did we was he the guy who got injured at the tournament that Damon first injured before he had his other battle? Oh, that could be. I just don't remember. Do you remember, Gina? I I don't remember. And I was kind of like, why have they focused on yeah. him and his foot so much? And I'm is saying. this like, are we building into something else Something's over time? On. Like maybe he's I mean you know, I, I didn't know if that was an injury or like a like a birth defect. Um, like I don't maybe know either. he's always had that. Um, and now I'm kind of wondering, oh, he's sitting amidst the flock of hens. What a great way to report back mm-hmm. to someone as a spy or something. Uh-huh. I th- see, when the king kept on drinking, uh, now I'm thinking GOT style here. I thought he was going to poison him or something like that. And it was something, but... It was they were focusing on him for a reason. I, I think I just wanted to point it out. That's all I got. Anybody have yeah. anything else they want to talk about? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. I think we Andy, it. yeah. Um, I do have. Let me. What was it here? It was something else I was going to ask about. Um, what did you guys think of the uh, the like the stags themselves? I didn't think they, uh, I, somebody had them in the note. I didn't think they looked real good. No, they were crappy, really crappy animation. That looked like prey. That that great. I love the movie, but the the same thing. They just look like they have no backbone. Like they're like moving on a cable or something. I mean, I I just I don't understand this. Okay, can we just go back to the old style when you would shoot something in the woods and then you'd cut over and fake the shot? 
Like, why can't you just go in the wild and shoot one of these animals and then green screen? You have all this technology and they spend more time making a fake looking animal. I don't get it. It's just that's that's like the, the spiders in Stranger Things. They look so fake. Sorry. Uh. I went off a little bit. Yeah, I did notice. It seemed like we're seeing a lot more animals. Were we? Yeah. See, you were just rewatching Game of Thrones, Gina. I don't remember there being tons of animals besides occasionally dire wolves. Was there a lot? It seems like we're um, seeing a horses. much bigger focus on animals in general. Well, yeah, horses, I guess. But the but, horses were real. Yeah. Um, well, like and... we saw the hog, or we saw the pig, and we saw the all this other stuff. I thought it was. I, thought it, I don't know if that was a point to that or not. The boar looked fine to me. Yeah, um, oh yeah, I thought so too. The boar the looked pretty good. Awful. I'll say that. The boar looked good. Yeah. No, we didn't see a lot of other animals outside horses and dire wolves, I think. And and I think there were more like farm animals. I don't think anything was, you know. I, I yeah, just, it wasn't like wild beasts and things like that. I thought it was right. an interesting touch. It seems oh, like there's a lot more of them now. We did see a polar bear at one point. Um, and I felt like that was actually a pretty good polar bear. Um oh, and we saw didn't uh the bear. Um yeah, there was a the bear bears. in the pit. That and that was a real the, bear. Yeah. That was a real I'm, bear, yeah. That was a real bear. That's yeah. what I, like, some of this stuff, I just feel like they need, you know, there is kind of a push in general to mix practical with, a like, that's when it looks the best, when you mix practical effects with CGI. And I think going back and using old film stuff and just match cutting and creating some you don't need to have a wide shot with everyone holding the stag you could just have a couple quick close-ups of a face you know what i'm saying like i'd rather do that than see a really fake looking cgi thing but that's just that's how i feel that's yeah, my i, note I to totally mention. agree with you i i thought it was worth mentioning the only right. the only other thing i have uh to mention and it's not really a thing to talk about it was just a very cool touch is Besides, like the one or two lines at the very beginning fight where Damon calls out, like he yells at the crab, he calls the crab king by his real name. Can't think of what it is, but in the last and the end fight, Damon doesn't say say one word the entire time, and he was awesome. Yeah, that was that like, scene was great. That that whole end, he was just so damn good too, and he didn't say a word. Man, I just Matt Smith is just killing it. He is impressing me too and i was thinking about um some of his more naked scenes he really seems to have bulked up for this role he it does seem a bit more physically imposing um but he's doing it great there the acting is just fantastic on this show um gina anything else you want to say before we get going i don't think so I all think, right uh, i think we covered it how about you mr andy Nope, I think uh, I think that's all I had. Okay, it was just a lot of fun. Yeah, as well, usual. <laughs> definitely. Well, thank you to Gina, thank you to Andy, thank you to everyone listening and downloading. Hey, give us a review on the 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 Spotify or the write us a review on Apple. That always helps. Want to say thanks to all the patrons, listeners, and everyone on the Facebook group and all that stuff. This is so much fun. I'm really enjoying this show. Andy and I are going to continue on and have a little discussion about Lord of the Rings, but we're going to say goodbye to Gina and take a little pause before we do that. So peace out, everybody. We'll be back in a quick second. All right. Well, we are back. Quick break. Gina has said goodbye, and it is Andy and I. And uh, if you're not interested in listening to Andy and I talk for a few minutes about 
Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power TV show on Amazon streaming. We're going to spoil. You watch both episodes, right, Andy? Yes. We're going to spoil the first two episodes, talk about it in general. If you want to listen, keep listening. If not, thank you for listening. We will now begin speaking about Lord of the Rings. Okay, first off, Andy, what did you think of the first two episodes of Lord of the Rings, the TV show? Well, the I thought the first episode I was I, it took me a little bit to get into it. I thought it was a little slow, and it was just kind of it seemed really meandering in a way that normally I don't mind. But I was I was starting to check in my watch a lot. wasn't wasn't fully into it. And I the second episode I loved. I thought it was awesome. I think uh, it took me a little while to get back into the Lord of Ring Lord of the Rings feel because I mean being in the in the Game of Thrones world, even though there would be no Game of Thrones without Lord of the Rings and no Lord of the Rings series without Game of Thrones. They're really, I forget that they're, even though there is similarities, they're a lot different and it's yeah. easy to, it's easy for me. Cause I think Gina even said when we were talking beforehand, she was going to wait till this was over before she even dove into it, which might not be a terrible idea because it's, they just have a, a such a different, different feel to them that it's hard. I see a lot of people comparing them and I'm like, I don't really, I don't, I'm not sure about comparing them. So, I, I like the second episode a lot more than the first episode. I kind of wish, I wish we didn't know that it was the most expensive show ever made, because I think the expectations then are so far through the roof on certain things. Uh huh. But agreed. But uh, I, I still, I still really enjoy it. There's specific, definitely specific things I liked. I mean, what oh, I kind of saw some of your reaction. What, what are your feelings on it now? My feelings on it are that I like it. And I want to start off by saying that I love Lord of the Rings. When I was a kid, my cousin Chris played me Led Zeppelin. Uh, what is it? Over the Hills and Far Away? Or is it Misty Mountain Hop? Where he talks about in the model. Well, yep, I, can't I can't remember which one it is because I'm not a big Ram enough Maybe Zeppelin that's fan, Ramble On. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Though, uh, oh, yes. wait, isn't that Misty Mountain Hop? I can't remember. Anyway, I think all I'm going to say is... My introduction was actually through Led Zeppelin. And I was like, what is this thing that they're talking about in Led Zeppelin songs? <laughs> and then when I was about 10 or 11, I read The Hobbit and I fucking loved it. I've read that book so many times. That might be one of the books I reread the most times because it's so rereadable. It's mm -hmm. so perfect, fun adventure, fun story. Have fantasy. you read that with? Have you read that with Lachlan yet? No, but he's at the age now where I'm going to have him read that book this year. Yeah, I was um, going to say, he's got to be getting close. Yes. And then, of course, I read all Lord of the Rings. Look, I'm not going to lie. I skipped over a lot of Tom Bambottle like so many other people did. Because <laughs> that motherfucker talks too much and sings too many songs. Um, but I love Lord of the Rings. I read The Silmarian. I read all that shit. I fucking love it. And I am not going to judge this show based upon my previous love or the previous movies. But I was very disappointed. Um, I still am going to watch this season. I am going to watch every episode. I actually watched the first episode twice. And I enjoyed the second episode a bit more than I enjoyed the second. Because I felt like I knew what I was prepared for. But my kind of problem is... I think it's twofold. One, they chose the getting the crew together story, right? Mm -hmm. Where they're in disparate 
locations, and then we all know they're going to get together and go on a mission. We know that, right? Yep. But why do we have to wait? Like, The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, they go on a mission, and then they meet other people on the mission, or they're forced to go on a mission by a bunch of fucking dwarves. You know, we didn't have to really wait around for so long. And I think in TV terms, so long is now, what, four or five? What do they get? At the end of this season, they're going to get together? So that, I think, was a mistake. Because this story... What's that? I think I read. Aren't they? Aren't they? Aren't they going to make like fifty episodes or something? Oh my god! They're going to make. Th- I'm, I'm in I for it. I think I read that. I just hope that they get to the mission. That's my problem. Is that the thing that made the Lord of the Rings and and the Hobbit what invented a genre and Dungeons and Dragons type mission shit is the mission, right? The quest. Mm-hmm. And now we don't know what the quest is. We don't know, right? We kind of think we know, but we don't really know. So that was kind of a mistake for me. I would have rather had flashbacks to what's happening now and how they got there, lost style, than having to wait for them to get together. Well, and I guess part of my thing with Lord of the Rings is I have I have a actually quite a bit different history than you do with it because like when I was when I was a kid, I read, I got The Hobbit as a Christmas book, so I read The Hobbit when I was a kid. Don't know, remember what time it was, but I never read Lord of the Rings. And I mean, I did much, much later, but I saw Peter Jackson's movies before I saw actually, I saw the animated ones way back when, but I didn't remember them. I saw Peter Jackson's movies before I read the books, similar to Game of Thrones, where I, I read the books after, after seeing the movies or after seeing the show. So, I mean, I loved Peter Jackson's movies, loved, 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 especially Fellowship of the Ring is one of my still one of my favorite movies. And then I've seen those, those many, many times. And one of the things that I love about those, and and my, part of this might be because of the actual movie, because the movies are part of what I love about them is even though they are kind of like men on a mission kind of a thing, it also, I just, I love the world. And this has so, I mean, this, they're definitely trying to recreate the Peter Jackson visuals here. I mean, so many things look very, very, very similar to what, uh, what Jackson did. So I, it's, I just, part of it, I like, even when the meandering of the first episode, I like that they're. I like just being in that that environment. Like when they went to the door, uh, Casa Doom. Like, oh my god, I loved that whole thing where it was actually seeing it fully operational, and all. so I loved all that stuff. So I'm okay with the slow setup and the the getting together thing. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's cool. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad that you do. I, on the other hand, am wanting to see get thrust back in in that way and i want to say that the, actually there's three led zeppelin songs so right? i was gonna ask i thought there was a yeah. couple of them but there's the battle of evermore there's misty mountain hop and ramble on they all mention the lord of the rings in some way um but uh yeah i mean that's we're, hey this this sh- this show has had a lot of different opinions and obviously there's the trolls and the racists out there who are all upset that there's like hobbits that are darker or whatever they're not white people or whatever it's so stupid and silly yeah. it's like the same thing with game of thrones I'm not even going to talk about it cuz that's stupid yep but i'm not that's great with i'm fine with all that i like all that that part i like that's not what i'm talking about you said something that they're trying to make it look like lord of the rings i'm gonna agree and disagree 
they're making it look like some parts of the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings movies, and they're forgetting a very integral part of all of Peter Jackson's filmmaking, which is very naturalistic photography, which there's almost none of in this show. Everything looks to me like it's on a set. Their little proto Shire where the Harfoots are looks to me like Mm -hmm. it's on a fucking set. Everything looks, it doesn't, it's the exact opposite of how I feel when I watch House of the Dragon and Game of Thrones and I'm like, wow, they are mixing the CGI, the grand vistas with this natural, even sometimes handheld photography. There's a lot of handheld in the Lord of the Rings movies, by the way, photography. And it's making me feel like this is real. I felt the exact opposite in both of these episodes. Honestly, I felt like I was watching an episode of The Wheel of Time, which is the other Amazon fantasy show. And I think, I don't know this, but I think that they're, you know, Amazon Studios, the people they hire, they go for a certain look. It's like that Netflix look. Yeah, I was going to say, did they do that same thing? Yeah, and it's I guess I haven't, I, I didn't finish all the Wheel of Time, but I think this was, I thought this was a vast improvement over that, at least visually, I thought. I'm glad, that's, that's. There's, they're definitely, I definitely know what you're saying, though, because like with the, I mean, I watched all the background stuff on the Peter Jackson ones, and like they had people making all the chain mail, and they had, I mean, they did all that stuff. So, I mean, they're definitely, it definitely has a much more uh, fake. I don't fake isn't the right word. Well, but. I mean, even not just the inv- like the clothes and stuff, Andy. I mean, they did a yeah, pretty good I, job. Like the Harfoots are dirty and stuff yeah. like that. But I mean, in the actual photography and the actual lenses, the focus, oh, like the kind of sheen or whatever. You yes, want to call exactly, it. exactly. <coughs> Excuse me, and like using like a harder focus. Um, instead of this soft focus stuff where everything's dreamy. Yeah, it doesn't you know? quite have as naturalistic a yeah. look. Doing close-ups of Well, and I wonder and if stuff, some of them, because there was scenes that were kind of dreamy in some of those Jackson ones, but it was basically anything involving like when they went to where the elves are. Yeah, I think it was parts of it. It was parts like, of yeah, it, but Where it was heavy elf-based, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's that's interesting. I'm, I'm going to keep that in mind while I'm watching again too. But yeah, it doesn't quite have that like the naturalistic Game of Thrones look. That it no. feels naturalistic, even if it's not. It just doesn't feel as. Honestly, I mean, as long as there's no stags on the screen. <laughs> honestly, and the effects are pretty decent. And I know they have these sweeping, fantastical vistas, but I really want to be brought into a story. And so far, I'm liking some of the characters. I'm enjoying that the the young little Harfoot girl, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying um, the elf guy who is so stoic and doesn't really talk a lot. You know, what do you think about with... the? What do you think about the new casting, the new Elrond, and the new uh, what's her name? Galadriel. Yeah, Galadriel. Great. I think they're great. I mean, I think that she is gorgeous, and he has a little bit more of a a, a, a wistful demeanor that agent smith doesn't have as much you know what i'm saying so i really like him um he has a little more orlando bloom than hugo weaving yeah yeah good good one on that andy (laughs) i agree with that yeah definitely i I like yeah i really like the dorbs too i like i thought they were quite entertaining they gave some lightness to it yeah the the casting I, i i like the actors and actresses i like the casting 
I just, I'm just, it just is feeling a little bit like a first go round to me, you know, I just, I kind of, I would hope, I think well, that, they, oh. they definitely don't have the, like, if, if you do want to compare it to Game of Thrones or House of the Dragon, they definitely don't have, it doesn't feel like they have the confidence that Game of Thrones That's... does or House of the Dragon does. Like, you know, right away yes. that, you know, it's kind of like when you compare it to Better Call Saul or something, you know, right away that the people making this know what they're doing and they know what. It yeah. does feel like they're still trying to find their footing a little that, bit on this ring show. In every way, I feel like the look of it isn't really feel totally gelling and complete to me. The story, the characters, how much the, uh, you know, um, some emote more than others. Um, I I feel like it's, like you said, I wish I didn't know that this was the most expensive TV show ever. And if, if I didn't, and uh, as I watch it, that really doesn't affect if I'm going to say, I love it. I love it. I do feel like it's very middling fantasy to me. It doesn't, it does not raise to the level of house of the dragon or game of thrones in its immediacy in it, in it, in any part of it, the production, the acting, everything feels a little bit lesser to me. Um, when I watched the episode last night of House of the Dragon after the night before watching the second episode of the Amazon show, both my wife and I were like, whoa, this yeah, is well, like, it's, the, it's, it's insane how good House of the Dragon is. <laughs> like, it's so people just. I, I just I'm uh, just like I was in Game of Thrones where people would shit on an episode be like even if it was terrible bad yeah, episode it's still better than 90% of anything and, else on TV and it looks so good and it looks like you know everything's I, I, put together I, so well I, I'm guessing too it's probably it was probably a mistake to counter it the same I mean I know that yeah. they staked out Amazon staked out that date long before House of the Dragon did but it's a it's probably a mistake having both of them on at the same time because it's it's hard like i said it's the game of thrones people have been doing this for a long time they know what they're doing and i say i said i definitely like it more than you and i think it's still and i i going back to one of the things you said i i did get a little annoyed with some of the the multiple multiple drone shots like there was a way it was distracting yeah, at times it's too much the vistas the the sweeping fantasy vistas and I think when I'm talking about the similarity to Jackson's, I think because that's one of the things you always everybody always thinks of when you think of but Andy, Lord of the Rings movies. Is you, and I think they're trying to do that too much in this show. But remember that what Peter Jackson did a ton of times is show you a sweeping vista with no CGI in the background, nothing, yeah. just a beautiful shot of New Zealand. Yep. And then that's it. And then they would cut to like a little hobbit. Town. Like they, they're doing, it's too much. They're throwing all the shit at you. And I really, it feels very hollow to me. It feels like a kind of a hollow endeavor that I hope will fill itself up from the inside. Cause like I said, I'm going to watch this whole season. I'm not going to hate watch it. I want, the episodes to be good i love this story you know i think this world is great and i want other people to like it too like i'm not sitting here trying to convince you that it's not good or <laughs> oh, anything you know yeah no i, I'm I mean not, I, we're not as far yeah. we're not as far off as what i'm making it sound like i because I I, I I there's definitely a lot of room for improvement and i, yeah. I don't think it's kind of like what i said right away is like i'm trying to not compare it to house of the dragon because i don't think it's it's just not on the same level as that and it, it's I don't know, like I say, I think it's a mistake that they're both airing at the same time. Yeah, I agree. And I think and hey, they're go 
they're going for a little bit different audience too. I mean, Lord of the Ring, Lord of the Rings is going for a more of a PG thirteen. Yes, yeah, definitely a general audience, which makes it feel less visceral, you know, yeah. than Game of Thrones. Yeah, it doesn't feel as raw and right. as like definitely. yeah. So it's an adult. It does. It feels you're yeah. a bit like you're like I said to me. I f- it feels a little bit like the best show that was ever on the CW. That's kind of <laughs> how it feels to me. Or like a like wow, this show's on the Sci-Fi Network. It but it does not in any way feel like this is an HBO show. This is a great even Amazon I think has done some better stuff than this. You know, I I think in 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 the hopes to make it seem so grand, it makes me I'm just not a person who's impressed by that anymore. I'm I'm a little bit tired of like the Marvel sequence where a thousand things fight each other or the, th- you know what I mean? It's just getting yeah. old to me. Yeah. So I just, I'd rat like, that's why I kind of like, especially like in the house of dragon, when like that dragon, it kind of focuses in on something, right? Mm-hmm. Or like how we just saw Damon run across and we're focusing on him. That's yep. something we can focus on, not a billion people, even though that can sometimes be good, but just in the way they're doing it in this Lord of the Rings, it was a bit, it was a bit too much. I felt I, I kind of wanted the story to grow a little bit organically out to that, but I mean, you know, I'm still going to enjoy it. Like I said, there are things I did like about it. I thought that they did a good job of jumping from story to story, not staying too long with any. I thought the introduction was really cool. I was I liked the introduction of Galadriel and like her story and stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was pretty cool. I still do think that like some of the CGI looks pretty awesome and pretty cool. Um, I like I said, I like the Harfoots. Who do you think the mysterious man who fell from the sky is? It's got to be Gandalf, isn't it? Now, this might be going in a little bit too much of the lore stuff, which I don't really know that much about, though I read Let's all say, that I shit. think this is mainly based on the appendices, isn't it? Um, well. I thought that's what I saw in the credits. I mean, I've read that, but it's been so long, I don't really remember what was all in that. I think it's like some i don't know i mean they're supposedly have rights to certain things and not i think yeah. it's like a it's like a kind of like the sony marvel like yeah, you know before I, th- that I, I don't kind think of thing. I, I don't think they're even actually allowed to say the word hobbit are they i don't even know i don't know because i think I that's why they said harfoots the whole time i don't they never well, said no, the word but hobbit. those are yeah like, i know that's a family yeah. or a line or whatever they are yeah, yeah. they're like proto hobbits it's just like there were many people don't realize how long there were different type of humans on this planet you know it mm-hmm. wasn't just like there were some neanderthals off in the corner there was for many 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 years millions different types of humans that's they're like the proto different types of hobbits because this is like thousands of years before lord of the rings um but i don't think that that guy is gandalf i think he's a different wizard that gandalf mentions most recently i haven't read the book in a long time but i was just re-watching um both the hobbit and the fellowship and gandalf says that there's five wizards and one of them is i think the blue wizard and at, okay, at that didn't we meet one of those wizards in the hobbit movies too? yes well we meet gandalf and saruman and, is one yes right? right christopher Plummer 
is the other Lee. one. Christopher, Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee. I'm sorry, not Christopher Plummer. Christopher <laughs> Lee. <laughs> the, ba- the bad guy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I think that I was talking with A. Hustler about this. I think that he's that other, that at the time one of, of the, the Hobbit, ones. he's off somewhere else. Okay. But uh, yeah, I think he's one of those other ones. That's what I can't remember all of the all of the big time lore stuff. It's been a, it's been a long time since I've been in that world. Well, you know what, Matt is doing a great. It's and it helped me like it more. Um, on his bl- bust blockbusters Bustin blockbusters podcast, I'll yeah. try to remember to put a link in the show notes. But he has a he has a woman who's coming on with him who knows a lot about the lore. And um, it's I been interesting. He's covering that and yeah, hot D at the same time, yeah. isn't he? He's getting the double injection there. Oh boy, that's yeah. a lot of good for him. I'm gonna have to listen to that Lord of the Rings one. I had I forgot he was yeah. doing that. Yeah. So everyone should go listen to it. So I guess I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to say about it? Not really. I mean, I'm not. I like to say I'm still not. Say I'm not. I'm not nearly as not nearly. A, I'm being a little contrarian with you here, but I'm not really that far away from what you're thinking. I think it's better than the. At least so far, I think it's better than anything CW or sci-fi has ever put on, but it doesn't rise to the level of an HBO production, at least not yet. Hopefully it gets there, but... Yeah, know, you we'll know see. what, Andy, you you said it right, hopefully, and I think it could. I think it could. I think that it is a lot of pressure, and they gave it to these, I, if I'm correct, I believe the people are first-time showrunners who then kind of pitch this story to them. And I think that it can take some time. And I think that it can also, I sometimes you see this, and I think a, a lot of films sometimes you see where you try to like spend more money to make it look good and it actually makes it look a little bit cheaper. Yeah. And that's how I feel a little bit like this. I feel like as time goes on and maybe even as we get into this season, they felt a little bit more comfortable with the 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 kind of entirety of what they were presenting so they don't have to feel like they have to push the cgi or this or that uh, on us you know the other thing too is that the uh the director of these first two episodes the only real big budget film he has behind him is jurassic world fallen kingdom the second Chris Pratt Jurassic World. Oh, that's right. That's where I knew that name. I mean, he's also uh, made uh, The Impossible, which was that hurt. I think that was that. That uh, was pretty good. Yeah, yeah when with, I only uh, watched. Ewan McGregor, right? Yeah. Is he in that? Yeah. And then yeah. The Orphanage, which was a pretty good little one, okay. too. But the, the, those two are not on the scale of Jurassic World or this. I mean, not even close to those kind of budgets. Well, so, yeah. And I think it, IMDb just has him listed on the first two episodes directing. J.A. Bayona, so I don't think he's directing anymore, so maybe it'll change in episode three, maybe I some of that. I think that he may be one of the showrunners. Well, um, I, I, I kind of got the impression that that's kind of like Sapochnik was on this, where he on Game of Thrones, where he was kind of the showrunner, but he was basically just there to get the show started, and hmm, then they were, he was going to Give kinda, it a look. See, that's... Yeah. Yeah, that explains a lot, because those Jurassic Park movies are awful, so... And that's the, that's the one that... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, and that's so... God, that is just a bunch of CGI garbage thrown at the screen that looks so fake. Um, how oh is God, it that, that the third ju- one is bad. riddle me this, Ando? How is it that the original Jurassic Park looks more real than the ones that they make now? How did the CGI get worse over to? Well, it's also Chris Pratt is terrible sh- in those movies. I should. I'll, I'll tell you why, and you can watch. 
I don't know if you've watched the whole thing, but the, the on Disney Plus, the Light and Magic documentary. Ooh, I mean, okay. to post about this on Facebook for a while and I keep forgetting. There's an episode where they they do the Jurassic Park stuff, and it they show you. I mean, they mix CGI with practicals. I mean, it's Spielberg. I mean, plus it's Spielberg. I mean, who, who's going to outdo Spielberg? Yeah. He knows if it looks like shit or not. That's it's that mix, man. You know, like I'm yep. never anti. I will try not to be anti something like that. It's art. It's a way of creating, right? Yep. It's a way of getting a, a, a character, a story across. Um, but I do feel like, man, those Jurassic Park movies are just so bad. It's not, that's not fair to just base <laughs> CGI on them. But I mean, it's just like you see the same thing in like She-Hulk. I just watch it. That's a funny kind of little show. But my yeah, God, I'm enjoying it for what it is. But doesn't she look awful? Like it's a joke. Like it does not look. Is it supposed to look well, like it looks like a cartoon? It looks like Roger Rabbit. I I purposely have been watching because I remember watching the preview on my big screen, and I've been watching it that on my iPad. So it's a nice small little screen, okay. and I've noticed that <laughs> things that have don't have as good as special effects. I watch them on smaller yeah. or visual effects. I watch them on smaller screens, and it. If I'm much less forgive or I'm much more forgiving. Of it condenses sort of. the pixels for you. Yeah. Yep. Oh my God. Yeah. It looks well on my big 75 inch TV. It looks yeah. bad. Like, I'm not, it's I'm bad. not hooking up my wall projector to watch Street Hulk. I'll tell no, you that. No. Oof. Yeah. It's fun. It's still a fun show. Yeah. I really, and, I am actually really you know, enjoying it. Yeah. It's, it's cool. It's funny. I like the way they're bringing the characters back in a kind of jokey way. Yep. And you know, Tim Roth was great. Tati, uh, Tatiana Muslani. She's fantastic in everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, it's just the, the She-Hulk part is just, it's not really good. And I, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's too, you, didn't, you know what? She didn't even need, in that episode, if I remember the last episode, she didn't even really need to be She-Hulk at any point. It could have just been her the whole time. I would have been happy with it. But I guess you got to show the She-Hulk if you're calling it She-Hulk. Well, and some of these, uh, some of like some of these things we've been talking about right now, there's actually a line from the first Jurassic Park that still makes, that should be applied to visual effects and special effects now. It's that they, they didn't, re what is the, I can't, now I can't think of the nine. They, they spent so much time to figure out if they could do it, they didn't spend enough time thinking if they should do it yeah yeah let's end it there because i hope that on that's what i hope for uh lord of the rings show honestly andy is that they start thinking more about if they should and and really i could have one scene in house of the dragon where they're just in the you know king's chambers talking and it doesn't have a big dragon flying around that's awesome for me i don't need the spectacle all the time. And if you're mm -hmm. going to give me the spectacle, you know, at least make me care about what happens to the characters, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and that's we'll I'm, I'm, the game of Thrones thing for sure. Like my favorite thing, I think we've talked about this with you before where it's my favorite thing is always the, the, the guys, people sitting around the table in the small council. And that's, yes. that's always my favorite by yep. far my favorite part. So it's, and the, the one thing with the Lord of the Rings, yeah, they really haven't had a chance to do any of that stuff yet. There hasn't really been a, there's been talking, but it hasn't been like that kind of a thing. So, yeah, well, we'll keep watching. I'll keep watching. And I hope everyone else too does too, because it's fun stuff, you know, and, and hell they, this is not going to be the last Lord of the Rings show. They didn't pay a billion dollars to make one show. No, nope. they're making some other shows. So, uh, you know, let's get this universe going. They'll work. They'll work out the kinks and hopefully it ends up more like Marvel than DC. 
and we'll have uh, or or Star Wars movies have turned out, and you <laughs> Not know to TV either, shows which are fun. Either way, with fantasy like this, there was a long time where the best thing we could hope for in any type of fantasy show yeah. was Legend or Willow. Yes, and we're the, both of these. I think are way above that kind of thing. So, yeah. well, Willow's coming back. Yes, I, I did. After as soon as I said that, I'm like, that's a series coming too, isn't it? Everything will yeah. be re- re- brought from the dead at some point. It will be everything. Hey, what what is dead never dies. Yeah, it's exactly right. All right, peace out, everyone. Thanks for listening to this extended podcast, Winterfell. Hey, if you enjoy talks like this, become a patron. We do them all the time. We're going to be talking about the Emmys and NFL in a couple days, actually. Uh, with uh, Andy and Heath. We'll put that up on the DVR, but it'll go on the Patreon first. Go to patreon.com slash DVR. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, everybody. Peace out.